Warriors, welcome to module number three, The Assault. Before we get into this module, I just want to again congratulate you for being here, congratulate you for taking action, and congratulate you for being, again, one of that small percentile who are not leaving their success up to chance, who have pulled the trigger on opportunity, and who have not just pulled the trigger on opportunity, you're taking action. And, and action cannot be just taken once. Action, like a multivitamin, must be taken daily. And the beautiful thing is, is you're here taking action right now. You're putting in the work. You're laying the foundations for a, a successful future, a future that you want and deserve if you're willing to work, if you're willing to put in the time and effort. And guess what? Because you're here, you are willing to do those things. So guess what? Your chances of success are that much higher. Okay, let's crack into it. Okay, so moving into module three now. Okay, we now know where you are. We know where you want to be. And we know where you want, where you want to go. The next step is creating a step-by-step -step plan that is going to show you how to get there. Not only that, it's going to keep you accountable. It's going to keep you on track. It's going to keep you focused. It's going to keep you motivated, disciplined, and it's going to keep you targeted, target fixated on the mission. Okay, Life is busy. There's a lot of noise out there on the spectrum and it can distract us. We have friends and families who may tell us to take a break, to take the foot off the pedal, but we don't want to do that. Okay, because if there's one thing that I have learned when it comes to success is motivation reigns supreme. I find the same thing. I may get to a period of time where I'm pushing pretty hard in my career and my life with my family and then also maintaining my fitness rehab back from this injury. It's taken a long time, but we're getting there. There's a lot of commitments in my life and I find sometimes I feel like, hey, I might be reaching burnout here. So I may take, my, I may take a little break. When I'm talking about a break, we're talking about a night off or a lazy day, something like that, okay? And I always find it is a absolute destroyer of motivation, of, not motivation, sorry. It's an absolute destroyer of momentum, okay? When I stay on it, when I feel a little burnt out, I've now learnt to not come off the gas completely. Just come off the gas a little bit, slow down a little bit, just keep the momentum pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward, because inch by inch by inch we get closer to our goals, we get closer to realising our full potential, we get close to living that life that we've always wanted to live, that we know we can live if we just work for it, okay? But as with all things in life, we must be willing to adapt and overcome as we fight through and this is no no different. The plan we're going to create today, it is going to be the ultimate plan to get you from where you are now to where you want to be. But, as we know, life will keep us on our toes. Life will test us. Nothing ever goes the same, just like the military. No plan ever survives H-hour. Your plan is no different. Your plan will not survive H-hour. I promise you this. There's going to be things on that list today that you write down. That will not happen. That will not come to fruition. And it may not be a bad thing. It may be a good thing. You may adapt and overcome down the track and realize that's not actually what you needed at that moment in time. You actually needed to do something different. You adapt and overcome. You push forward. Maybe again, like I spoke about in the past, maybe you needed to pivot because on your plan, you were going and you felt like you hit an obstacle. When we hit an obstacle, we can't just hit our head against the wall expecting a different result. We have to pivot, push around the obstacle, and then keep pushing forward, regaining momentum, staying on the assault. Okay, and, and, and this 
tool that I'm going to share with you today, this tool that I'm going to teach you today, the battle tracking task list. This is the exact same tool that I have used to keep me on track for building Warfighter Athletic and everything that we're doing here. And it's, it's, it's been such a powerful tool that I've implemented in my life and in my professional life that it would absolutely be a disservice if I did not share this with you, okay? And this one tool, when I spoke about earlier on in the, pre, in the previous modules, when I spoke about having the opportunity to work with a very successful athlete who's on her road to the Olympics, this was the one tool that we spent the most time on, okay? Seven Levels Deep is the hardest tool, but this tool is the tool we spent the most time on. And this is because in a one-on-one scenario, we're both going back and forth, dialing in everything that needed to be done. What were the biggest needle movers? What were the things that are going to get her the result? And what are the things that are not just going to get her to the Olympics, but are going to get her to the Olympics and performing well, being competitive, being a threat for medallic recognition of her efforts? And that's why I'm going to ask you once again to go all in, to double D this shit, to go deep, to go detailed on what we're about to get into. Before we get into it, just like the other modules, I kind of want to, I want to share a story. And, and, and it bears relevance to what I'm about to teach you and to, and, to, and to why it's so important to have a plan, why it's so important to have a strategy before we set out. Because often in life, there's, there's normally two courses of action that most people take, okay? Most people will either, one, in pursuit of their goals and dreams, they will think about it. It will be a vision. It will be an idea. But it will never be anything more than that. They'll take no action. The second thing is they will just begin with no plan, no strategy, Okay? And they will set off and they will get somewhere down the road and realize they've gone in the complete wrong direction. They're not even going the way they want to go. And then they lose motivation because they had no milestones along the way to hit to know that they're on the right track. But we're going to change that. Okay. But I also want to caveat that last statement. I don't want this plan to become a roadblock for you. It does not need to be perfect. Your plan does not need to be perfect by any means. You do not need to have it all figured out. You just need to have a rough understanding of what you need to achieve in order to achieve your ultimate success. Okay? And I want to get into the story. And the story I'm going to share with you is becoming a soft operator. Like I said to you, I had a great time in Afghanistan. I responded to some some. I guess, heart, heart-pounding incidences where we, we believed we, we were seconds away from being in contact with the enemy. We laid ambushes. We, we pushed in across borders into other provinces where we knew there were Taliban over there. We, we, we knew that the guys who had attacked our task force earlier in, the, uh, earlier in our operation, we knew they were in this village. We were the lead call sign into that. Not only were we the lead call sign, I was in the lead wagon of the lead call sign pushing over the border. We were the very first ones to push across. We pushed down into this village and we have never received such a cold and frosty reception again 
from what from our intelligence we believed we were seconds away from probably being in contact and potentially needing to escape and evade back across the border had many nights where we were awoken to the sounds of explosions woken by the sounds of gun parts being cocked on the hills behind us moments where we're driving down the road and we have the ECM going off letting us know that there's potentially somebody who may be trying to set off an IED or an RCIED we also had an area within the AO which was called the murder zone. It is where they, we had locals coming over the, over the border from a, from a neighbouring province and they were murdering Kamaz truck drivers and robbing them. We decided enough was enough after multiple people had been killed on our rotation. I remember one time we turned up after being tipped off by intelligence that there had just been a robbery we pushed up to the area as quickly as possible. There was no truck, there was no nothing. But there was what looked like blood all over the road. And by road, in Afghanistan, I mean dirt. And so our commander decided enough was enough and we needed to push up into this reentrant, which was where they would launch their attacks from and clear it out. See what intelligence could be gained by pushing up into, this, up into the mountains. And I remember... Once again, because our patrol spent the most time up in this part of the AO, we were asked, does your call sign want to be the first dismounted troops to push up into the re-entrant? Patrol commander is a fantastic commander, a fantastic leader and a fantastic warrior. Without a doubt, he said, of course we do. Okay, and once again, as we were the lead call sign when we mounted, we were once again asked, would you like to be first the first dismounted troops to push up into the re-entrant. Of course we said yes, and um, I remember the call, cut, the, the, the offer came around, okay, we need a lead scout, okay, if, if, if you're not familiar with military tactics, the lead scout is the first man, first man in, the first man forward, okay, he's the, you have to be laser focused, you have to be dialed in, and you have to be willing to be the first into contact with the enemy. Intelligence had told us that there were definitely insurgents up in this re-entrant camping in and around the area. And so, as a young man, without a doubt, I believe this is this was another one of those scenarios where I thought contact was imminent and it was my time to truly be tested on a two-way range. And to be fair, thinking back, I was actually very calm about it. When 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 the call came around that they wanted to know who wanted to be lead scout. I put my hand up straight away. I was the first one to put my hand up. I said, yes, absolutely. And I remember when we got there on the ground and we dismounted and we shook out, we moved into formation, we started making our way up this re-entrant. As we're pushing up the re-entrant, there was no real sign. We couldn't really, it didn't really look like people had been there, even though we know they had. As we continued to push up the re-entrant, signs of life started to come to fruition. We started coming across people's belongings. We started coming across campfires, footprints. This is when, for the first time, I truly believed we were about to bump insurgents. Whether we were getting a gunfight or get into a gunfight or not, I didn't know. But I thought this is the first time I'm going to meet face to face with another man. He's going to be armed, and so am I. And I had a guy on my shoulder who's my cover scout. And I'll never forget that memory as we pushed further and further into this re-entrant and then nothingness 
No people, no insurgents, no weapons, no contact, no nothing. Once again, we turned around, headed back. Okay, and so this is this became this is the pattern. I, I, I when people ask me what was my Afghanistan trip like when I was a grunt, I explained to them that the trip was much like the Jarhead movie. If you see it, time the Jarhead movie, where he's getting ready to take the shot, and it's the last chance he's going to get to get into contact, and it's called off. Time to go. You're not cleared. That was exactly what my Afghan mission was like. Okay. And so anyway, I came home and I decided I, I wanted to be tested. And, I, and I, I was very passionate about what we were doing there. Like once you get there, once you get on the ground and you see the locals, they're just, you know, yes, they're different to me and you, but they're just like me and you. They just want to live a happy life. Their life, yes, the way they live their life is different to us, but they just want to live a happy life. Yet they're ruled by a terrorist group. And that doesn't sit okay with me. So I want to I want to have global impact, just like I'm trying to do now, but in a different way. And so I decided that I was going to go off to the UK to a unit that I knew had seen a lot of combat, and that I knew would always see a lot of combat. And so I went to the UK and and I had a, and I had a great time over there. It took a little longer than expected, but I got accepted into the the UK Army and I began my training to become a paratrooper. During this time, I dislocated my shoulder. Plan, yeah, like I said, no plan survives H hour. It just, every time, I've experienced it time and time again. I was fitter. I was the fittest I'd ever been in my entire life when I was in the UK. I was the fastest I'd ever been. But yet, it didn't matter. Something's always going to go wrong. A span is going to go get thrown in the works. And this is just the way life is. You're going to get punched in the face and you have to be willing to adapt and overcome. So I had a dislocated shoulder. I ended up calling a, another soldier that I knew who was from my home country and then had moved over into the UK army and was now a parent. I asked him if they were going back to Afghanistan. He told me no, and that was enough for me to know home was calling. And so from there, I left the UK as I was not willing to start training for a third time as the dislocated shoulder was going to cause me to be back trooped as the Brits called it, and I wasn't willing to go through that a third time. It just didn't mean enough to me. Um, to be honest, as I'd already served as a soldier, I'd already served on operations, and to go through training once and be taught how to pack your kit and how to load a magazine for a third time was not on my cards of things to do. Okay, so anyway, I came home, and, and I came home and I thought, hey, maybe I can try this civilian thing. Maybe I can try to do something different with my life. And you'll see the pattern here, I've, I've always, as I get into the story here, I've, I've always wanted to help people, I've always wanted to impact people and, and get them to be the best that they can be, and so I thought, hey, why not be a personal trainer? And so I remember going to a gym, and I and, and I sat down with the, I sat down with the gym manager, and we had a great conversation, and you know, I explained to him that I really wanted to impact people's lives, I wanted to get, to get them to be the best that they could be, and and I was really passionate about my message. And I remember him saying that he thought I was different. And that was a really nice compliment to have from him at the time. Because at the time I didn't think I was different to anyone else. But as much as I was grateful for the opportunity, I just couldn't. I wasn't, once I seen the people there and the effort they would give in their workout, 
after being in the military where everyone just gives it absolute death in every session to then go into this gym where people accept mediocrity and they're asking their personal trainer how many reps they have to do and to not be keen to get after it, to not be keen to give their heart and soul in this workout. I thought, this is not for me. And I was actually struggling inside. And that's why I'm passionate. I've been there. I've felt your pain. I know what it's like to have no purpose. I know what it's like to have no mission. And this is when I decided to pull the trigger on my, on my boyhood dream. And I remembered back to before I joined the army, when I was sitting on the couch watching the documentary on the special forces in Afghanistan. And I thought, what if, what if I go my entire life without even trying to get there? And that was when I made the decision that I was better off to try than fail than to not try at all. Okay, and so I set the goal. I set my goal. I will become an operator. I contacted the right people. I got a training program. I had unwavering commitment. I was absolutely, absolutely obsessed. It was total immersion. Okay, I remember I was at the time, I was making a transition. Once I came back from the UK and I was making that transition from the civilian sector back into the military, I was working for my father-in-law for his plumbing company. And so I was getting up at 5 a.m., jumping in with the father-in-law, driving over to the, the main headquarters for the plumbing company, then jumping in the into the team vehicle, and then would drive into town and work on a commercial construction site. And to be fair, some of the work was actually rewarding and enjoyable. I got to use my hands and I got to learn something new and there's problem solving and all that, but I just, you're sitting in this construction site and it's pissing down with rain and the water's running, and water's running down all through the construction site and it's dripping wet and, you know, there's some demolition guy cutting steel and there's sparks and melting fucking steel just dropping past your head because he's a moron and not watching what he's doing. And then, and then you know, there's just people who are not motivated to do anything but the bare minimum. There, there was no drive. There was no excellence. There was no pursuit. There was no mission. There was no purpose. But I'd come off that construction site. I wouldn't get home till about 5, 5.36, 12, 13 hour days from the time I left home to the time I got back. And I'd chuck and I'd get home and I'd put my pack on and I'd go train. I'd go down the beach and I'd run down in uniform and chuck chuck myself in the water, come back, roll across the sand, and then run 10Ks down the beach. I'd make myself uncomfortable. Okay, I'd fill my backpack with rocks and the rocks would be slightly digging into my back and it would be uncomfortable and it wasn't perfect but I liked to be uncomfortable again. I felt alive again. I felt challenged again. And that's when you really start to feel that warrior, when you're pushing yourself, when you're obsessed, when you're in the total immersion, when you're willing to be uncomfortable, when you're willing to fight for it, when you're willing to go to war for your goals and dreams. That's when you really start to feel that warrior spirit come to life. Again, that's why I've called this Unleash the Warrior Within, because the warrior is willing to fight for their goals and their dreams. But there's a lesson here. And it's perfect for what we're about to get into. Okay, I learned a lot on those journeys. Now, one of those things is what I'm going to teach you next. It's the same tool I use for growing Warfighter Athletic and attacking my goals for the year. Okay, we set a goal. We know exactly why we're getting after it. We then get a plan. We create a program. If your goal right now is not physical, 
doesn't matter. We have a plan and a program for that to get after it. And that's what we're creating right now. And then we get after it with absolute obsession, total immersion, absolute laser focus. All right, team, let's get into it. I'll see you in the battle tracking task list lesson.